for me, I'm a pastor, and I deal with real people, people just like you every day, people that have a hurt or they have something going on and they're trying to figure out how do I deal with this? And I always know Jesus has the answer. He has that next step for you. Let's open up the word today and see what God will say specifically to you. Welcome to Your Next Step. We are so glad you're here. I am Pastor Doug McCoy from the Church Next Door. Lead Pastor Doyle Jackson is with us. We are talking today, Pastor Doyle, about authorship. Who wrote the Bible? We have this book. Well, who's the one that that put it together for us? Well, I think it's the Holy Spirit, definitely. Absolutely. Okay. And what's interesting about the Bible is you have these 66 books, you have all these different people writing it, and, and their own personality is there. But the Holy Spirit is what directs them and, and, and writes it. And so when we open up the New Testament, you know, they're quoting the Old Testament. Right. And, and they're quoting Jesus at times, and they put them on the same, the same level. Yeah. So they put Jesus on the same level as Abraham, as Moses, as, um, I don't know, Isaiah, okay? And then they start writing about one another. Peter talks about Paul's writing, yeah. and he calls it Holy Scripture. And then Paul, when he's writing to the, the leaders of the church, he puts them on the same level as the priests. And so we have this invitation for the, yeah. the New Testament writers to be that way. And I think we become a part of the Word as we read the Word and live it out. Well, that's it's living and active. That's right. It's not like any other—you know, I, I can quote a lot of poems— but none of them are like Scripture. And what you're describing here is that Jesus knew that, of course, but also Paul, Peter, they picked up on it as well. And we're still picking up on that today, that what we have here is carried along by the Holy Spirit. That's the phrase that Peter uses. That's a great way to describe it. We're going to get into that today. This is Great Hope, the Word, on Your Next Step. I've studied other religions, and there's, there's four things that need to be answered. Number one, your origin. Where did you come from? See, the deistic worldview is is that something just exploded and, 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 and that happened and maybe that was God, maybe that was not. Well, the biblical worldview is that God created everything. Origin is number one. Number two is morality. How do you decide what's right and wrong if science is all that you believe in? The Bible gives you a standard of morality. Thirdly, it gives you meaning. It says that your life is valuable and meaningful because your creator created you. He designed you for a purpose. Each and every one of us are unique and that we have a special calling for our life and God has a plan for your life. See, that's what the Bible invites you to investigate. And then finally, it answers the question of destiny. What happens to you when your body gives out? God says that I take you into eternity and one day I'm going to raise you to life again. It's one of the amazing, amazing concepts that the Bible invites you and I to. When you and I open up the Bible, what it tells us is that God has always wanted a relationship with humanity. God has always wanted a relationship with you. He's always wanted a relationship with me. He's always wanted to. That's why he created the Garden of Eden. And yes, we rebelled. But he created a solution for that. God has always wanted a relationship with us. In in the Gospel of John, chapter 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. What's that talking about? John says, 
God was there. Jesus was there when the world was created. When you, when you read the, the first chapters of Genesis and it talks about the, the Spirit of God hovering over the earth, it, it says that, that Jesus was there. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit were all in the creation. And God's been working to build a relationship with you. And what's unique about the day in which we live, John said, is that he showed up. He was in the beginning with God. In verse 14, he says that the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we saw his glory, the glory of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. See, when you and I open up the word of God, we become face to face with God. Your face gets to open it. It gets to to talk with God. You get to share with God your heart and you get to listen to him for humanity. And, And Can I just tell you, in the greatest highs and lows of my life, the Word of God has been there. It's given me hope in my lows and understanding in my highs. Just today, early this morning, I got up and I read today's reading and I was was blown away that it talked about something that relates to you and I and our lesson today. Today's reading was was from uh, 2 Samuel chapter 11 and chapter 12. In chapter 12, it tells how the prophet Nathan came to David and confronted him with his sin, his relationship with Bathsheba. And this is chapter 12, verse 9. You may have to write this down because it's not in your notes, okay? This happened early this morning, so it was an addition. This is what the prophet said to David. He said, why did you despise the word of the Lord by doing what is evil in his eyes? See, David recognized that it was wrong for him to commit adultery to take another man's wife as his own. Do not covet what your neighbor has and do not murder. I mean, think about this. David commits three of the Ten Commandments in a matter of days. And you and I, we can judge David and say he's wrong. We can judge ourselves too. See, the standard was the word of God. And David's like, oh, got me. Got me. When you and I come to the word, we come face to face with it. God speaks to us. So what's the point of the word? It's it's to equip us for God's glory. The reason you and I have the word of God, the reason I I challenge you to read it every day, the the reason I want you to read the Bible regularly, I want you to, to really get into it and know it. The reason I told you in in 2013 we started the app was so that we could really become familiar with it, so we could become a part of our life, so we could talk about it together, so we could do life face-to-face with God and one another. That's when it becomes really, really, really powerful. And I know it's hard. I know it's a a big book, and I know that a lot of us don't like to read. If there's anybody who has, has compassion on somebody who struggles with reading, it's me. I've told you before, if, if, if I was growing up in today's schools, they probably would have given me some sort of multiple letter alliteration for my issues. That's all I'll say. But by God's grace, I didn't get that mark. And by God's grace, I, I, I worked through that. Today, the reason I bring to you 
these, these Bibles up here with me. Is, this is my Greek New Testament. Can I read it very slowly and intently? You'll notice it's not worn out. But I can go to it, and I look to it at times. I try to understand. This is my Hebrew Bible. But when you and I hold up this, this is, this is a modern translation. The reason I like this is in the English, and it gives me in the notes at the bottom of the page all those in- information about whether or not this text and how it was passed down and special insights. And I would challenge you, get a Bible that's a study Bible. If the Bible's new to you, get a children's Bible and read it all the way through. You'll get the big picture. But no, you will not get everything that's in that Bible. But you'll have the big picture. Then get you a study Bible and read it every day. This, this has been my study. This has been my read your Bible every day Bible for the past three years. If you come look at it, you'll look at all the notes that I have and the edge and margins and all the thoughts that I have. Why is that? Because I'm interacting with my Creator. I'm interacting with Jesus. I'm interacting with God. And that's what I invite you to. Don't leave it on a shelf. Can we be intellectually honest with ourselves? We know more about sports teams. We know about, more about car engines. We know more about clothing styles. We know more about decorating. We'll spend more time and energy on, on our hobbies than we do getting to know the one that created us. Please, please give him 15 or 20 or 30 minutes a day. I have a buddy, I have a buddy 10 years ago. He was so convicted by that idea that every day he's given God lunch while he was at work. I sit and open my Bible. Everybody at, my, at work knows my lunch hour is my God time. I submit to you that as a possibility for yourself. Why? This is why. It equips you for God's glory. This is 2 Timothy chapter 3. Paul is writing to Timothy in the church at Ephesus. All scripture is given by inspiration. The word inspiration means God breathed. It is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man or woman of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. The reason I mentioned women there, yes, the pronoun there is he for men, but it is not implying that only men can be corrected. Ladies, you get in on the game. In the ancient world, and as the way we used to 50 years ago, he was used, he and him were used at times, the, the masculine to imply for all humanity. But what's the point? The purpose of Scripture is a tool for our, our righteousness. It's a tool to transform us. It's to change us. And today, there are more and more people that are, that are looking at it like, well, maybe the ancient world was different, and maybe we could look at this translation a little bit different. Let me just tell you this, okay? When it comes to translation, the most important thing that needs to happen is that what the person, the originator said gets translated, right? So let's say I'm a, I'm a powerful world leader and I come to one of these summits, but I don't know all the different languages of the other people at the summit and I have translators there with me. I do not want my translator to take great license in order to make sure that the person I'm talking to isn't offended by what I say. I need the translator to give me an accurate translation of them of what I actually said, right? Correct. 
You and I live in a world where translation is, has begun to shift, and what they want to do is they want to skew the translation towards the new audience, the modern audience. They want it to be palatable for the audience. That is not translation. That is somehow changing the original meaning to make the world in which we live feel better about themselves. So I would submit to you that we're trying to do that. If we will just translate the Bible according to its original intent, and when you read the New Testament, when you read the Old Testament, most of the translations you have today are excellent, okay? But that's why I say, come to a class, I'll teach you the difference between a paraphrase, and I'll teach you the difference between active dynamic. There's there's a whole different ways of looking at it, okay? But when you read this, this Bible, it's an accurate representation of the historical events as we know it, okay? And the purpose of it is to train us in righteousness. So how do we interpret Scripture? People ask me all the time, how do I know what its meaning is? We have more resources for you at doylejackson.com. We will be right back with more Your Next Step. Pastor Doyle, we have a great free resource we want to share with our friends. It is a copy of your great message, Great Hope, The Cross. This is going to be a PDF digital download. If they go to doylejackson.com, give us their email, it'll be sent to them. What is the value of having that message on uh, PDF as well as hearing it through the radio? Well, I think we've talked about this before. I mean, number one, we learn things best when we get to see them, when we get to hear them, and somehow when we get to be kinetically involved with them, we get our hands involved. And and that's what we want our our friends to do, because you're partnering with us. You're listening, and, and we want to give this to you. And then I'm praying that you'll pray this prayer out loud. That's part of this lesson. Uh, we go through in this lesson the, the eight things that Christ provided on the cross. He provided forgiveness. He provided healing. He provided righteousness. I'm not going to give you all eight right now. Right. you got to go right. and get it, because if you begin to pray that aloud over your life, it'll transform the way you think about Jesus and the way you think about yourself, because it transforms us to confess that aloud. We're beginning to engage with what God is is doing when we start to, yep. to it's just like when you hear somebody quote a scripture and yep. you're like, well, I want to look it up. You're engaging even more. This is a chance to engage even more with the cross. So go to doylejackson.com, put in your email, you'll get this PDF. We believe it's going to bless your life. Let's continue with your next step. Listen to what Peter says. But know this, first of all, that no prophecy or scripture becomes a matter of someone's own interpretation. That means it's not just about what I want. For no prophecy was ever made by an act of human will, but men moved by the Holy Spirit spoke from God. So the Holy Spirit is the translator. God is the one that moved them. So when you and I open up maybe the, the first, books, first five books of the Bible, do we know that, that historically we've said that, that Moses gave us that, but he was inspired by the Holy Spirit. When, when David wrote down some of the Psalms, that was the Holy Spirit working in his life and guiding him. It wasn't David in his own strength and his own wisdom, but did it come through his personality? Yes, it did. And that's the way Scripture has been viewed. 
It's the way we've approached it for years. So when you and I open up our Bible, ask the same Holy Spirit that worked in their lives to work in yours. Say, God, help me understand it. How does this imply to the world in which I live? Lord, can you speak to me? We talked about general or natural revelation. We talked about this special revelation of the Word of God. But most of us also believe in another kind of revelation. It's what we call personal revelation. Even people that don't believe in God believe in this. I'll ask, I'll ask somebody, I'll, I'll say, well, so how did you know she was the perfect person for you? They say, oh man, it was just inside. I just knew inside of here. And I'm like, so what was that? See, most of us have this, this receiver inside of us that recognizes that there's something greater to this life. That receiver inside of you is that is what kind of lets you know it's not right. I need God. It's that receiver inside of you that says something's not right. I, I need mercy. I need grace. I need God. I need to repent. Like David, when, when the prophet spoke to him, he, ah, you're right. Got me. I'm bad. And what we do is that receiver is, is telling us, listen up. And then you, how do I re- interpret the receiver? I go to the special revelation. I go to the Word of God and I compare my experience to what it says and I interpret my experience based on God's established approach to life. It's why I treat you with dignity. It's why I value you. It's why I honor my father and my mother. It's why I know not to take something which is not mine because God has established that. That's how it changes us. So you always look when you're reading the Bible in your experience, you look at the context. You look at the text within the chapter. You look at it within the, 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 the greater work of, of God's Word from beginning to end. Listen, you need to know that there are people today that are, that, that are espousing a worldview that says that, yes, I believe in inspiration. You'll ask somebody, you'll say, tell me, do you believe that the Bible is the inspired Word of God? They'll say, yes, I do. I say, wonderful. Tell me more about that. And as you push on it, they'll believe, they'll tell you, well, I believe that there's other inspired texts too. They say, well, I've I've read C.S. Lewis, and I think C.S. Lewis is inspired. Not on the same level as this. Don't do that to me. You're now bringing the Bible down to the level. See, listen, I believe that many of C.S. Lewis' works are wonderful, but they are not at the same level as the Word of God as, as designed to help you and I. C.S. Lewis wrote to a certain audience at a certain time. This is part of the canon of Scripture. And you and I have people that are beginning to evaluate the Word of God, and we're putting our own thoughts on our own, and then we're claiming that, that what we're saying is just as inspired. Folks, that's dangerous territory. That's dangerous territory. What about Jesus? What was Jesus' view of, of the Scripture? I gave you a couple of them in John chapter 10. He says, Scripture cannot be broken. What's Jesus saying? He's saying that the Word of God shouldn't be broken. It shouldn't be taken lightly. We shouldn't cast it aside. One of the other places, Jesus says, you know, that, that he came to fulfill the law, not to do away with the law. Jesus says not one jot or tittle will be taken away from it, meaning that God's intent and purpose would be accomplished. I give you another passage here in in Matthew 4. Jesus answered the devil and said, It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Who's he talking to? What's this about? It's when Jesus was tempted in the wilderness. 
Satan comes to him and actually quotes scripture, and Jesus' reply is scripture, the word of God. What does that mean? Jesus used the word of God to help him deal with the conflicts and the stress and the temptation and the test that he faced. And I believe you and I will need the same. We will need the word of God to help us interpret the times in which we live. If there's any time we need it, it's today. We need an understanding because humanity has behaved in ways that are unconscionable in our days and yes, in the ancient world. And God has always guided us through. When you and I open up the the New Testament, the New Testament writers looked at what they were putting down, the historical account of Jesus in the Gospels, and and the letters that they were writing to the church, they put it on the same level as that Hebrew Bible that we've we've carried down for generations. Look what it says here in in Peter. Peter, Peter's writing, and he's speaking of of Paul, the, the author of many of our New Testament letters. He said, just also, our beloved brother Paul, according to the wisdom given him, wrote to you, as also in all his letters, speaking in them of the things in which there are some things that are hard to understand. So what Peter says is, when I read Paul, some of the things he's written to you, they're not easy. We say that to this day. Paul's content at time is not easy which the untaught and the unstable distort. So even in the early church, there were people trying to distort what the authors were writing. There are people still trying to distort what they wrote today. And as they do also, the rest of scriptures to their own destruction. There's two things that you need to see here. Number one, there have always been people trying to destroy the scripture for their own goal. Huh. It's happening today. Secondly, though, what I want you to really see is Paul's writing is considered on the same level as the God-breathed Scripture of the Hebrew Bible. The New Testament church, 25 to 30 years after Jesus' resurrection, is already looking at their writings as though they're part of this tradition among God's people. Look what, look what Paul had to say to Timothy in the church of Ephesus. For the scripture says, do not muzzle an ox while it is treading out the grain. And the worker deserves his wages. I don't want you to see so much the point of what they're saying as this. What, what, what Paul does is he quotes a passage from Deuteronomy and he puts it on the same level as some of Luke's gospel. Think about that. He calls Luke's gospel scripture in the same way he does the book of Deuteronomy. Folks, that means that the early church began to see this as the scripture and as the holy word of God. Why shouldn't you and I look at it that way? The Hebrew is is on the same level as as, as Luke's writing. Now, why is that important to you and I? Because you and I, when we open this up, we need to know, how's it going to help us in our life? How will it help us in our marriage? Listen, God's people have always struggled in relationships. And God will give you insight and how to get along with one another. How to repent. How to forgive. How to love. How to be kind. So when we look at it and we say, well, is it trustworthy? Yeah, it's still God-breathed. But it doesn't mean that everybody who, hmm, 
is inspired by God when they share something is at the same level as the scripture. We give the scripture a special place when we talk about it as being inspired. When we talk about the Bible, is it reliable? Is it trustworthy? Yes. It's a trustworthy and accurate representation of history. One of these reporters, they were, they were talking about Prince Philip and the difficulties that he had to go through 73 years ago to, in order to be married to the queen and some of the things he had to give up. And they said, well, I, I almost laughed because the reporter said, well, I've been watching The Crown on Netflix. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. They're not going to do this. And they, they asked the reporter, they said, is it an accurate representation of, of what would happen? And, and, the, and, and this, this man began to laugh and he said, it's very entertaining, but takes much license with the historical facts and the events. I want you to know something. The authors of the New Testament, the authors of the Old Testament, Yes, they were pushed along by the Holy Spirit, but they did not take historical license. Their goal and their aim was to give you and I what God intends for the way we behave, the way we live, and the way we honor one another. It's trustworthy. Is it complete? Do you have the complete God story? Yeah, it's everything you need to know for faith and life and practice. It's all you're going to need. Read it. It'll transform your life. It's changing me every day. Every day I read the Bible and every day I'm like, okay, God, I hear you. I hear you. And that's what I want to invite you to. It's powerful. It'll give you hope in the midst of your greatest valleys. It'll give you understanding on your greatest days on the mountain. You have been listening to Great Hope, the Word, here on Your Next Step, a wonderful message from Pastor Doyle Jackson of The Church Next Door. We are so glad that you tuned in and spent this time with us. Pastor Doyle, we're talking about the Word here in this message, and it just seems natural that people would want to take another step with this Word, try out our devotion and podcast, A Year in the Bible. Yeah, I had a girl email me just a few weeks ago, and, and she said, I'm 20 years old. I live in rural Ohio, and someone introduced me to a year in the Bible, and I want you to know it's transforming my life. And my mom is now doing it with me. She's she's like so excited about the Word of God, and that's a free resource. You know, we've had over 40,000 downloads of a year in the Bible. It's amazing how many people's lives are being changed by just saying, every day I'm going to open the Word of God for four, maybe five minutes max. They listen to an intro to the passage, and then they read a chapter or two of the Bible themselves. And we want you to do that. We want you to be a part of that. It's not free to you because you put a lot of effort into it, and I see the work Well, it's costly, but, yeah. but we've paid the cost. We've yeah. upfront the cost. The church next door has done that yeah. as a gift to you. And right? that's what Jesus said, freely you have received, freely give. So we want to freely give this resource to you a year in the Bible, download it, interact with it, develop that relationship with the word that we've been talking about, and then come back because we have more Your Next Step for you. Your Next Step with Doyle Jackson is a ministry of the Church Next Door in Columbus, Ohio. Your prayers for us are always valued, but to help keep us on the air, visit doylejackson.com and click give. That's doylejackson.com. You can also send a check to the church next door. Our address is 5755 Fetter Road, Columbus, Ohio, 43228. Again, that's 5755 
F-E-D-E-R Road, Columbus, Ohio, 43228. Please put radio in the memo line. Lastly, if you need prayer or have questions, text us at 888-644-4034. That's 888-644-4034. I'm Pastor Doug, and Pastor Doyle and I would love to see you next time for your next step.